Okay, Boker Tov, we continue. This is our 10th class in the Megillus Esther based on the commentary of the Mechir Yayin. We're on Perak Vav Pasuk Zion. <clears throat> we are at the point where Haman is coming to the king. He wants to hang Mordechai. And the king checks the records and uh, realizes he has not rewarded Mordechai. However, on the higher level, the way the Ramah is learning, we're speaking about Haman the Yetzirah trying to find a new way to uh, overcome the elevated seichel of Mordechai. And it goes to Ahasuerus, which is the inborn seichel, which is really the human being per se, is trying to persuade him to move him out. On the other hand, the Ahasuerus himself is realizing that the forces of Yetzirah have not been totally eradicated, even though they've been coming to parties and having proper Sudas mitzvah. So the king then says to Haman, okay, what what should the king do with someone he wants to honor? Okay, so Haman figures, ah, oh, that means he wants to honor me because I'm the demi- I'm the demion, I'm the imagination, I am the Yetzirah, etc., etc. So now... So, Vayomer Haman el HaMelech, Haman says to the king, Isha Sher HaMelech HaFetz Bikaro, the person that the king wants to honor, Yaviu Levush Malchus Asher Lovesh HaMelech. Let him bring the royal raiment that the king wore, Asher Lovesh HaMelech, Vesus, and the horse, Asher Rocha Valov HaMelech, that the king rode upon, Asher Nitein, and the royal crown should be placed on his head. Okay. Then, Then let the raiment and the horse be delivered into the hand of the king, one of the king's most noble princes. Let, him, let them dress the man whom, whom the king wishes to honor. And you'll ride him on a horse through the uh, streets of the city. This is what is done to the man that the king wishes to honor. So the uh, the Ramah brings a uh, hints to a huge machlokas that existed in the times of the Rambam with the uh, Muslim philosophers as to uh, what we should follow in life. Should we follow the power of imagination? Should we follow the power of seichel? It refers you to the Mornavuchim, which is a very complicated um, issue. But uh, the main point is there is a great debate as to what is the way a person should be guided in life with. And therefore, Haman, that is trying to seduce the king, which is the Yetzirah, is trying to seduce the human being to go after the dimionos, the imaginations that people have, the dreams that people have, and to give glory and honor uh, to the one um, that, uh, to, to in terms of understanding the realities of life. And our life, you know, should be based on what we're dreaming, what we're wanting, and therefore, you bring him a garment and a horse. What's the symbolism? Lavush, a garment, is a symbolism of the body of the human being. Because the essential human being, that's called the Adam, 
And that reflects his soul. And obviously a soul has to have a garment, has to have an earth suit, and that is the body. That is the lavush. So Haman is saying, okay, so you want to honor him, so bring the body on side. And also, and, and also there's a concept that lavush, a garment, is one's honor. We see it in this week's, uh, uh, next week's Parsha, that the Kohanim wear special uh, garments for honor. And the body, therefore, by extension, is the garment. So it's like one's honor. And that's what the, uh, we're talking about, if you want to give honor, right? So we're going to deal with the body, that's honor. And the horse is the metaphor for the life force that the human being rides on. And the king is obviously the the seichel. But that the inborn seichel, depending on how developed it gets, depends on how much it uh, is, is involved with Mordechai. Okay, we already discussed in previous classes how the, we have the idea of the snake um, being uh, riding um, is like a, it's like a camel and Samuel is riding on top of him. And therefore, a horse obviously is very famous as notable people and, and kings ride on a horse. Okay, and the horse, you know, is, is from the word sus, sus on gaiety, um, uh, um, feelings of joy or sadness depends on the horse. So we're dealing with the elements of the human being. And finally, the crown, the crown is the elevated seichel, the keser hamalchus. And the, just like a crown encircles a head, so it, hopefully it's the ultimate will to do the will of Hashem should be, the higher level type of uh, seichel is what's involved. And therefore, he is telling you, and uh, take all the essential aspects of the person. Take the garment, take the body, take the sus, that's the uh, animalistic instinct. Take the person himself, who is the king himself, uh, that person who, uh, that you want to be, so to speak, and enclose him in all that, and uh, and who is the one that you want to honor? Well, obviously, the one you want to honor is me. You want to honor the Yesahara and the Dimyon, okay? And therefore, give all this to the man that you want to honor, the part of who you are you want to honor, that's Haman, and you'll have one of the officers, and those are the powers of the soul and the power of speech that they shall all admit and surrender before the power of imagination and we shall all make our decisions based on the power of Dimion to judge in the areas of what life is necessary to have and it should be uh, uh, what do you call it, publicized to everybody that we are all, all the energies of the human being is all to be subjugated to the dimion, the imagination. And that really is true. Uh, again, this seems a little bit um, abstract, but it's really not abstract. To give a very simple example. Um, you have a, a spouse comes home and uh, the other spouse seems, you know, was very busy, was too busy, and maybe ignored the spouse. Now, what is that spouse imagining? Speak for the blessed and 
Um, well, no. What's the matching? Matching is my spouse doesn't love me. Yeah. My spouse doesn't think I'm important. Now, what's that based on? It's based on look. Look what I see. Look what I see. I'm home. She's too busy. Not interested in me. And uh, we come up. We um, and, and that's based on what we see. We see, but it's very much bad meadows driven. Now. Now, if if the the inborn seichel can process things, but doesn't process things on the elevated level, and therefore what happens? A person gets upset and yells at his spouse, and that's how they want to live their lives, and that's uh, you know how the that's like the woke generation that you know you 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 agree with me or I don't like you. I maybe some discussion and dialogue can bring us to a higher, better place. I'm not interested. So it's all the dimion. It's what you're imagining the situation is. And we're not denying that you have certain schema that makes that happen. But it's not coming from an elevated place. An elevated cycle says everything comes from Hashem. Okay, everything comes from Hashem. And uh, you're an ambassador of Hashem. So how do you react to this? What does Hashem want you to do? Mm-hmm. Now that is seichel. That is reality. And we you know, want to have a different uh, impact. Now obviously, if you let the dimion rule and you're riding it on a horse, the horse means the energy, the excitement, and now you want to even put the crown on him. The crown means the uh, elevated state of seichel. Yeah, it's an elevated state of Crooked seichel. Okay. And it can say, and, and everyone, everybody, meaning every force within you, your whole body, your feet, your arms, and all this, say, yes, this is what we do to the one that the king wants to honor. The, the human being wants to honor the dimion, and everybody must be subjugated to it. So this was uh, Haman's ploy, as it were, or the response. And really, it's the Yetzirah trying to seduce the person to surrender all his forces to the power of imagination. Okay? And uh, it, it's... Uh, so that that's what he uh, is saying to Achashverosh. Now, this is a very crucial moment in the story because the Yetzirah feels, okay, see, I'm, I'm telling him what to do because he's asking me. But the, uh, the king knows better because he's already been influenced by Esther. He's been influenced by Mordechai. But this is the real critical point of the story. So now in Pasuk Yud, the king says to Amon, take the, the raiment and the horses you have spoken and do so to Mordechai the Jew, who sits in the king's gate. Let nothing fall fail of all that you have spoken. And the text is clearly telling us the king is not going after the advice of the Yetzirah, but says, no, you shall be a servant to the elevated Seichel. And we know who he is. It is Mordechai who sits in the gates of the king. The gates of the king is a reference to the Shara Shemaim, the gates of heaven, speaking to Hashem, that's clinging to Hashem. And that's the real elevated Seichel and you will be the one to worship him. Okay. 
Plus, he get out. And Haman took the raiment of the horse, and he dressed Mordechai and paraded him in the city square and announced before him, so shall be done to the man whom the king wishes to honor. Okay, so now Haman had to do like the king said and to show everybody that that the body is now prepared to be a, ser a servant to the elevated seichel. And nobody can do anything except according to Mordechai's orders. And, okay, so he takes the garment, which is the body. He takes the horse. He takes the emotions. It doesn't say he takes the crown. You know why? Because Mordechai really always had the crown. The crown was always there. The crown was always with the uh, uh, elevated seichel. The elevated seichel is totally surrounded by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when it says S in the Hebrew, it says, Haman took S halavush the S hasus. And we know S always comes to include something. So what does it come to include? One is to include the forces of Zeresh, one is to include the forces of Haman. In other words, what we're saying is you have to take that power of arousal and that power of imagination. Now, imagination is not a bad thing, but it can't be the source of your decision-making. If the source of your decision-making is the elevated sail, and you understand what Hashem wants, that you do everything in service of Hashem, then you can imagine what more does Hashem want. You figure, you know, what, what does Hashem want me to do? Yes, Torah gives us specific laws. But what? let me imagine what would be lifnim mishor sadin. How about going beyond the letter of the law? The Shukran says this. Maybe I should go a little bit beyond that. And, and that is the will of Hashem. Now you got to imagine. You can't say, well, I just do whatever Hashem tells me to do. Yeah, but Hashem can't tell you every single thing to do. You have to figure out what does Hashem want you to do in this situation. But the imagination is, is in servitude to the elevated seichel. And therefore, it will be involved. It will arouse itself and imagine what is it that I should do based on the elevated seichel. And after all that honor that Mordecai gets, and Mordecai returned to the king's gate, and Haman rushed home, mourning with his head covered. As soon as we recognize, it's all, remember, it's all going on in your mind here. Okay? But it's a good thing to think about this whole story. When you're listening to the Megillah, this is you. We are Achashverosh. And Achashverosh will only be successful. If he lets Mordechai, the Seichel Hanivdol, the elevated Seichel, to guide him in that. So now he goes back to the gates of the king, which is the gates of heaven. And uh, because uh, at the end of the day, if the elevated Seichel vanquishes the power of imagination, what will happen is you go back to the gates of heaven. You can say on a much elevated level, you'll go back to Olam Haba when you leave this world. And Haman goes back to his house in a with his head covered. In other words, and the and the Yetzirah just has nothing to show for itself. At this point, we move on to Pasigid Gimel. At this point, the Yetzirah understands that it's losing its mind. It's losing, it's losing, it's bad. 
And therefore, Pasuk Gimel says, and Anhaman recounted to Zeresh, his wife, and to all his friends, that which had befallen him. And his wise men and Zeresh's wife said, if Mordechai before whom you have begun to fall is of Jewish stock, you will not prevail against him, but you will surely fall before him. So what is she saying? Remember, just like we said in the last chapter, when Haman controlled himself and went to his house, he was looking for a new method to take down the human being. One method didn't work. Give me another advice. So now she's telling him the final thing, and she, she adds something. She says, Im mizera Mordechai. If Mordechai is from the seed of the Jews. Now remember what we said uh, yesterday or the day before, that Zeresh represents the snake, the primordial snake. And Haman is Samuel, the one who blinds our eyes, confuses us, arouses us, and Zeresh gives us the imagination. And now she says, if he is from a descendant of the Jews, just like it said in Bereshis, when Hashem spoke to the Nachash, and he said to the snake when he punished him, and the, I will place hatred between your descendants and her descendants. And who are ultimately the descendants of Chava or the Jews? So now that means is, so who are the descendants of the snake? That's all the results of the power of confusion and, and, and imagination. And the descendants of mankind is the elevated Seichel that pulls the Seichel to take control of the head so to speak. And therefore, Zeresh says to Haman, which means to say, Zeresh, the power of, um, of, of, uh, of uh, she's the power of imagination, says to the power of arousal, if he is acting like a Jew and you've begun to fall because he's kind of knocked you on the head, he says you're going to continue to fall. You're not going to get up. You cannot defeat him You've tried two methods already. Method one, just just do terrible things. Just enjoy life. Okay, you, 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 you were able to have a temporary victory, but the forces came back. Then you wanted to try another plan of having get involved in using a seichel in, in ways that are very beyond one's ability. That could turn one away, and that got knocked off. So now you're in big trouble. And now you're realizing the gig is up. And while they were still talking, the king's chamberlains arrived and hastened to bring Haman to the banquet that Asa, Esther had prepared. Oh my goodness. And that's going on, that there's going to be that next meal. And what is going to be the next meal? So we begin chapter 7. And that's the critical one. That's the one that Haman gets killed. So this we can kind of generalize this chapter and show how the seichel and the body together cast down the Yetzirah from one downfall to the next. And therefore, it begins chapter 7, Pesach Aleph. And so the king and Haman came to drink with Queen Esther. So it's again the same type of party that was the day before, that now we only do a Sudas Mitzvah. And that's where you have together the king and Haman, the intellect, to get the Seichel, together with the body's lusts and desires, but you give each one the due that they should have. And, and of course, at this point, there's no concern because after the last Sudas Mitzvah, what happened? Mordechai just goes back and davens to Hashem. 
So we're not lowering our, our values at all. We don't get caught up in this. So therefore, in Pusik base, and the king says to Esther, again on the second day, at the wine feast, right, it's, now it's called a mishtayayin. The first party was called a mishta. Now it's called a mishtayayin. And he says again, what do you want? I'll give you half the kingdom. And now he's, he's a, a, explaining that, uh, that we see that even this being a wine party, where wine usually uh, confuses people, we're going to see that there's no confusion again. And where he says, I'll give you half, I'll give you half the kingdom means half goes to the body's needs, what it needs, and a half is goes to the seichel. Okay. So, and now you can even turn a Sudas mitzvah can have wine. Just like Kiddush can have wine, a wedding can have wine, things like that. So, Apostle Gimel, and Esther replied and said, If I have found favor in your eyes, O king, and if it pleases the king, may my life be given to me in my petition and my people in my request. Now, if you recall, way back at the end of the second chapter, when Mordechai told Esther about the plot of Bigzon and Seresh, which was really just different tools of Yetzirah trying to take man down. So when she told Ahasuerush what it means, it means Esther represents the the chomer, the mat, matter, which was the, the body's needs and how it should be shaped. But it creates feelings, the feelings of the chomer. And when the feelings of the chomer have certain feelings, uh, it, the seichel it, the of Akashverish knows that the Ezra is trying to fool it. Because and and then therefore before the problems come comes the feelings. In other words, before Yitzhar is going to take you down, it gets you to start feeling about certain things, and that becomes something that the seichel has some understanding, and that's what it means when Esther tells Achishverish. It means the feelings are are getting into the lower level seichel of what it's feeling and what's happening over here, and therefore, like it says that they're getting used to having a Sudas mitzvah. That's what the first party was. And now we're saying now that the feelings she has at this meeting is that Haman still wants to take us down. Okay, mean to say, to kill the bodies. As we'll see in a minute, he's going to say, nafshi bishela, say, I want my soul to be saved. However, she said, and you'll see in a minute, but she's the one in danger, but not the king. Why is she the one in danger, not the king? Because she's the body. The body can just be destroyed. You'll never find anything again. If we give in to the HR, we're finished. The king, who's the neshama, who's the soul, if it doesn't work out in this body, the king can still be repaired with Gilgul neshama by transmigrating into another body. So really what Esther's saying, I'm the one in danger, but not you. Because you are the seichel, you're the part of the soul that is will never be destroyed. But I'm the one who could be destroyed. And therefore she says, for we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. Now had we been sold for slaves and bondswomen, I would have kept silence, for the adversary has no consideration for the king's loss. What does it mean the adversary has no consideration for the king's loss? Because what is the, there is a sadness to the king. 
the the soul, the uh, tzura, that first level seichel will feel bad if the body gets destroyed. Okay, because uh, the neshama, you know, when a person dies, the neshama has feelings for the body. The neshama goes up and down, up and down as the body is decomposing. Okay, so therefore Esther is complaining. And she's saying, listen, he has no consideration for your loss. You're going to feel bad that I get, when I'm caught up in the world of the Yetzirah, it's going to be a bad ending for me. And you, the king, you're the Neshama, you're the Tzura, you're going to not be able to do anything about it. And you're going to be very sad and your soul's going to be going up and down, up and down until the body's gone. And then, okay, for you it's not so bad because there'll be a Gilgal for you and you'll come back into another body. So he says, I'm really, this is what's happening. Now the king said, and who is he and where is he? And Esther said, the adversary and the enemy is the wicked Haman, this one. And Haman became terrified before the king and the queen. So it's all going on in the mind. Okay, so who's taking you down? What's taking us down is this imagination. You got to stop. He's the one who's going to destroy me. If I follow imagination, I get in a fight, I talk Russian hard, do all kinds of things. And now the body's finished. So it's that aspect of the imagination is going to take us down. Aha! Uh-huh. So now, and the king arose in his fury from the wine feast to the orchard garden. And Haman stood to beg for his life of Queen Esther, for he saw that evil was determined against him by the king. Okay. So the king, Achishverosh, that Homer, that um, inborn Sechel, is suffering. Now, you think about this. Let's go back. Let's take in the whole story. The first chapter, remember, was a symbolism of one's youth, one's wild passions. And in those days, he certainly listened to Hama, or who, who that was. And he regretted it. And now he's getting up from this mishtahayayin, this meal of wine, where in the beginning of the story, they were having wine and gluttonizing and and being fressers and doing stupid things. Remember, how, how is a person about tshuva? What's the sign the Rambam says of a true about tshuva? Same place, same situation, and you do different. He's having a wine party. Same thing. But now he does different. And even a wine party, he doesn't get caught up in all the lusts of this world. Okay. And therefore, he goes into the Ginas Habison. He went to the orchard garden that we explained before is the higher level of Seichel. And now, and he says, I got to think about it. I got to go into my deeper Seichel now before I make a final decision. Haman, now, on the other hand, oh, he's on the ropes. And you know, there's no way I could get the king now. The king is ready. The tzura is too much on the right side. So I cannot take him down. So all I have left is Esther, who represents the chomer, who represents the matter. And I got to ask for my soul that, because uh, even the, uh, because, and that's going to be very hard, because the chomer is even wanting to agree to the seichel as well. So he's in bad, bad shape. And now we get to Haman's last tactic to try to seduce the body. How is he going to get out of this pickle? 
and uh, be a good place for us to stop here. I know it's exciting and you want to hear the end, but uh, it needs a little bit more explanation. I don't want to rush it and not get it through. So, Mir Hashem, we Hashem are in a good position to finish this all before Purim. And we're going to start again, Perik Zion, Pasuk Ches, and see exactly what that final knockout punch is for the Yetzirah. Okay. Shkayach, everyone.